I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good day and welcome to the COB for this Friday. Uh, Andrew joined by Kyle and Kyle. Uh, well, we love a bit of inflation on the way down, don't we? Because the, the markets certainly uh, enjoyed that number we got out of the States overnight. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't afford any more interest rate hikes or uh, the cost of tofu going any higher. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's, that's happy days for, for me on uh, several accounts, I suppose. But it's been an extraordinarily positive week, I suppose. I mean, again, you can write this off as, as the time of the year and you know not being necessarily indicative of perhaps any sort of a trend. But if you look across the market, really broad-based gains, we've got another day uh, where we could finish, you know, roundabouts 1% higher. But uh, more notably, uh, for the week, the ASX 200 is looking at a, this must be right, a 3.7% gain, 3.5% gain or thereabouts. So it's it's quite remarkable. Yeah, and that's certainly most of that's come in the past three sessions. So today we're on track to be up around two-thirds of a percent or thereof. But as you say, uh, broad-based gains, certainly the financials are doing very well. And uh, a bit of a mixed picture in the resources sector, it has to be said. Uh, some of the bigger miners um, are up, but um, some pain experienced in the lithium sector, uh, which um, well, maybe, I don't know, it's uh, proper taking. It's been, it has been quite volatile of, of recent times, of course. And the goldies, well, they're up again because we saw the price of gold rise. Uh, in fact, it broke through that um, $18,000 that's eighteen thousand. That'd be impressive, wouldn't it? I'm mix, mixing it up with Bitcoin, yeah. eighteen hundred, um, which was a, a key resistance level. And as a result, we saw we've seen some of the uh, the gold miners uh, continue their advance. Uh, in fact, while we're, while we're there, um, that was our. We didn't have a stock of the day for uh, the call today. We had the commodity of the day. It was gold. Um, both uh, Jumbe Lu from Trebekah. And Philip Pepe from Shores uh, giving their assessment of gold. Jumbe's point is that every every portfolio needs to have a bit of gold uh, in there to some degree. And um, but if you're looking for a stock, she is preferring the larger end of the sector. Uh, her pick is Newcrest. Philip uh, largely agrees with that. He has picked Northern Star, but also Kyle. Given it's Black Friday, he's gone for Black Cat which is a, a WA explorer in the gold sector. So let's have a listen to what they had to say. Gold is something we always talk to. You need to have a little bit of gold in the portfolio, regardless of the cycle. And if you actually look at the um, the gold volatility across every other, compare that to the technology businesses and everything else, they're the most volatile tech sector. So, you know, when I look at gold, is I have a little bit as a diversification. It's never something I've tried to punt which way it's going to go. Now, looking at the performance of gold equity in Australia, last three months, it actually has performed incredibly well. It's outperformed its global peers and it's outperformed um, the gold prices. 
Uh, one thing I've observed, and many people will tell you, gold companies follow the gold price. My personal observation is no one can predict the gold price. I've noticed overnight a lot of broker downgrades from buys to holds mm -hmm. because of the share price move. That assumes they can predict where the gold price is going, and I, frankly, I don't believe that they, they, they can. Uh, but if, if US inflation keeps falling, it's probably going to go upwards. But for diversification purposes, hold some gold stocks, preferences for the larger, more liquid ones, all right, so yeah, are you a um, you know black cat for a uh, for a Black Friday? Um, how superstitious are you I'm when it comes to investing? I'm not very superstitious at all, but it's a cool name. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that uh, that is gold as the assessment from those two. All right, so what else happened today? Well, um, in fact, in terms of corporate news, um, Life360, it's uh, embarked on some, uh, some cost-cutting, um, certainly reducing its headcount, and that, was, uh, as a result, uh, boosted the, the share price there. Could be a harbinger of what's to come, because we're seeing this in the States too, aren't we, Carl, where more and more firms are starting to lay off. It was tech late last year. Um, in the last week, we've heard the big banks are going there, and be interesting to see too, given earnings season is kicking off tonight, our time with the big banks in the States to see, you know, particularly what the guidance is going to be. Absolutely. It's going to be a fascinating one, I suppose. I think uh, when I last looked at the FACSEC numbers, the financial sector collectively is looking at a drop uh, in earnings for the year of about 10%. And if you look at a company like JP Morgan, which you could take as a potential barometer for the entire sector, earnings are expected to be down by 7%. So what's interesting on top of that, though, is that analysts are remaining fairly bullish on the space. I think you know 90% have a hold on, say, JP Morgan. And price action is really, really positive too, which begs the question, well, is the markets discounting a, a recession in the United States or not? Because yes, you know, obviously rates going higher are good for, for bank stocks, but uh, their investment banking activities are down because markets have been soft. And there's also the concern, I suppose, about the volume side of things that loan growth will stall because of lower credit demand and obviously the housing market weakening there. So going to be really fascinating, a great, great sort of tone setter for the rest of earnings season. Yes, I guess it also, as as we hear from these companies going forward, we also return to that macro picture as to whether we have seen a bottom in equity markets, given that inflation now appears to be easing at least, and the Fed's job, uh, well, actually, they're getting the job done. Um, you know, I was speaking to different, a couple of different um, uh, people out of the States uh, this morning, Peter Cardillo from Spartan. Um, he's pretty bullish. He feels that perhaps the, the bottom is in. And also Brian Nick from Naveen, he's a little more cautious, um, but he's certainly um, preferring bonds at this point because obviously last year we saw both equities and bonds. Uh, if you're in both, you suffered. Um, but um, he, he's seeing still some significant upside there if you're, if you're in the bond market with perhaps that 60-40 portfolio. Yeah, I was actually talking about that uh, with David Lane very briefly. Also had some fantastic ideas on just the way to play certain stocks that have been beaten up because of supply side constraints throughout the year. We're talking the likes of Brambles and James Hardy and what have you, uh, but also talking about just the way he's uh, approaching portfolio construction at the moment and sort of jokingly, but obviously there's a kernel of truth in every joke, of, of course, um, just uh, talking about how, you know, bonds might actually provide some level of diversification this year, whereas last year, obviously, uh, that, that wasn't... Uh, well, perhaps the case. So the question now, and I think, you know, talk, sort of circling back, if you will, to the, the, the Fed speak element of things, or I should say the, the interest rate uh, inflation story, Fed speak this week was 
pretty clear that they think they're going to have to hike at five and hold it there for, for quite some time where the markets are pricing and that there might be cuts at the back end of this year. I think that's the key question now. Um, but it seems, again, especially off the back of that CPI release, that 25 is basically in the can for um, – February mm. and now it's you know whether it's uh, another 25 in March or, or at what point after that yeah that was certainly acknowledged by a couple of the Fed speakers uh, overnight who said um, at least they feel as though it's on track but uh, yeah those uh, those rates are likely to remain at an elevated level for still some time to come but of course Australia uh, we're a little a little behind in that cycle at the moment yeah. and you only have to look at what's going on in the housing sector at the moment to see um, the effects that is having how it's likely to play out because that latest Latest numbers out today, new home lending falling some 3.7% in November, coinciding, of mm. course, with some significant fall in values. I guess the question going forward for the economy is if you start to see some job cuts at the same time that those house prices are falling, what that cumulative effect is going to be? Yeah, I had two people this week who were probably on the, the more, I suppose, dovish side uh, as far as economists go um, on the show. One in the big picture, which was Paul Bloxham and then Deanna Messina uh, representing AMP's house view yesterday or the day before. Uh, and they think that the RBA has ample reason, despite the inflation figures this week, to um, keep rates steady from here on in and basically end, more likely end their, their hiking cycle here. And like you just alluded to, the, the double whammy of falling house prices as well as Interest rate hikes that are still to fully bite the economy. Um, there's there's plenty of justification for, for a, a, a pause in, in the policy cycle as, well, we prepare for a, a potential economic downturn in Australia. Well, that's, that's a negative. Let's perhaps finish on a positive. Do we mention crypto? Look, I guess it's broadly reflecting what's going on with investor sentiment at the moment. And, um, you know, you have to look at Bitcoin and some of the other altcoins to see that... Um, well, enthusiasm is back in the crypto sector. I guess it remains to be seen whether that is sustainable. But I know you actually caught up with uh, Kyle Kapalinga from Think Markets. He gave us his uh, micro, macro, crypto outlook. Um, what's his view? Do you, does he feel as though it's turned? Uh, he described it as having a pulse. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my 85-year-old grandpa grandfather who's missing half a foot uh, had a had a growth in his head and a pacemaker in his chest, had a pulse for it there for a while until he kicked the bucket. So, um I don't know what that necessarily means, but Carl's an optimist. He's a great chartist, and he mm. said that there's potential signs of life there. So 20,000, we'll see if we can break through there. All right. Well, on that note, we'll take that positivity, something to go into the weekend uh, about. But, of course, you know, crypto, as we know, it's training 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So enjoy that while it lasts. Uh, I'm off for a couple of weeks. Yeah. thought I'd take a bit of a holiday. You know, you've had one over Christmas. Oh, I'll have another one. Be yeah. a bit greedy, I know. Absolutely. Well, you need you, you sit next to me, obviously, Gay. So you need it. You need your break. It's well deserved. So hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Cheers. 